0: Go on down and tell me. I'm your host, Jay Del Negro, and this is the By Chance Podcast, where the focus is you and your stories. You're now listening to episode twenty-one, and with this episode, we have a repeat storyteller. Welcome back, Nyra, everyone. Nyra was previously featured on episode 19, so if you missed that one, please go back and have a listen. It was a really great episode. This story is another great one. However, the tone and mood is a little different. That story was a lesson on not being closed in. This story is how to cope. How to cope when your world closes in on you. The
1: story is I think these cycles of life I think especially with new year's resolutions and that whole new year new me and you know all the stuff people are talking about I think um this week and kind of in the week leading up to the new year the story I think is the cycles of life and and that hero's journey and how that overlays into how we live as human beings and Kind of what what we're here for, like what this thing all means. Um, I was talking to my sister earlier because I needed her advice on a career decision that I need to make, and I'm at a crossroad where I could take an easy route and go back to what's familiar, um, and kind of feed my ego a little bit. Um, make a sacrifice financially, but, you know, be in a place where it's all shiny, happy people, or I can make an ego less decision and dig in and do some winning, um, on some new terms for myself, some new growth areas. Um, and you know, that I think really plays well into the story of where I was, I think it's three years ago now, four years ago. Um, where I had essentially everything. Um, I was in church really active. It was a great community just really aligned with like new thought and you know not traditional scriptural based dogma but like really trying to get folks to understand their own God nature and you know talking I think talking about the right things. I had bought a beautiful new Volvo, which was like, oh my God, that was my baby. Um, anyway, like I was, I was checking off all the boxes, you know, uh, I, I had just started my first six figure job, which was a huge milestone for me. Um, or so I thought anyway, and like, it all changed within what seemed like a moment. Um, it was one Wednesday, oh God, today's Wednesday. It was one Wednesday morning, and I decided that I wasn't going to go into the office. I was going to work from home. And my phone was, like, ringing off the hook, and I, I kept, you know, sending it to voicemail, sending it to voicemail. I knew it was the office, and I was like, oh, well, you know, when it's 930, I'll call them and let them know that I'm staying home. Um, like, 12 rings later, I said, let me answer this phone in case it's, you know, a building's on fire or something. And I think it was Alpha who said, um, Naira, somebody's trying to reach you. Um, somebody from your dad's office is trying to reach you. And I said, all right. And uh, he gave me the information. I called him back and the woman on the other line said, through tears, I can remember her voice like shaking through tears. And she said, Naira, your dad passed. And I was like, what do you mean? Pass what? What are you talking about? Anyway, I don't really remember the rest of that conversation. I just remember, like, grabbing onto the blinds near my bed and kind of running out the door and putting my coat on and driving up to my father's house and seeing a coroner's van in the driveway. Um, So that kind of kicked off what seemed like a succession of events that just took away everything I thought I had just accomplished. I mean, just down to the bone, just, like, stripped me down to the bone. Um, and, you know, it caused me to really talk to myself about, like, what are you doing with this life? And, you know, six figures isn't the top of the mountain. And, you know, just have, like, all of those kind of existential conversations with myself. I don't like people in my business. I don't like, you know, information um, to be made available to folks. And so I was very uncomfortable in that year after. And then add to that the whole financial, you know, my job restructuring and, you know, losing that and then losing an apartment and having to ask for help, which I don't do well either. You know, all of those things, they just took the carpet out from under me. And they forced me to have to say, if you're going to keep living, if you're going to keep going, which, I mean, that at one point, that was, you know, something I considered as well. I considered walking in front of a train. Um, but against, I think against those odds, I made the decision to, you know, not get into those um those easy ways out. And I don't take, you know, I don't take anything from anyone who has made that decision. Um, You know, everyone kind of has their own reasoning when they get into that moment of despair, that belly of the whale kind of thing. But for me personally, it was, it, it was kind of a fundamental changing of who I was in that, yes, I could have done that. Yes, I could have taken that way, but I'm not done yet. I'm I'm not done yet on so many levels. And it forced me to grow up in a lot of ways that I didn't think I was ready to do, you know? Um, And again, I think going back to the cycles and the journey, I'm at that place again. I'm at that same place again, where am I going to take the kind of less resistant path or am I going to hold myself more accountable than I ever have and say, yeah, this is uncomfortable and this is painful, but I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. So the cycles, I think, you know, where people are trying to new year, new me and do that, speak to like the underlying cyclical nature of life itself you know you have birthdays you reach milestones you know you do those things but I posted something on my birthday this year like what's the point of getting older if you're not stopping to learn the lessons along the way if you're just aging you know if you're just um, growing in years what's the point Um, so uh, I think a year out from losing my father and going through that whole journey where I was schlepping my kids up and down the highway and sleeping on people's couches. And at one point buying a Ford Taurus with a donation from the church and, you know, using that as my office and my hotel room. And a year, about a year after that, I I took pen to paper and I said, you know, I should, I should figure out, what that whole journey was supposed to teach me. I should figure out what it was within all of those moments of desperation that I was supposed to take away. Um, so.
0: So, yeah. like, I know how your dad was the bedrock and like honestly like your hero and your champion and you mentioned lessons give me give me a lesson from dad
1: never let them see you sweat i think that probably more than anything um is what he gave me and and never let them see you sweat like in a like in a gangster way like my dad was the the OG of all OGs and you know his life story I wish he would have put in a book because the things that you know he lived through and the hustle that he had like they don't make people like that anymore Um, and so like never let them see you sweat goes goes into everything that you do every day like don't, don't come off your square poises power, Um, you know, really standing your position and making decisions and acting instead of reacting. Like, that could be interpreted in so many ways and I think it changes as I change, that advice from him, that lesson from him, that changes as I change. Like, today I was talking to my sister about this career decision and I said, you know, the place where I am now, my manager isn't really supportive. Um, He is invisibly supportive. It's It's a real challenging dynamic. And I said to her, all of that being said, I don't feel like I'm done there. You know, I feel like that lesson that my dad gave me, that don't let them see you sweat, I need to take that the next step further. And I need to make or teach my manager what it is to be supportive in how I am as a professional by remaining calm and remaining collective and, and explaining to him, you know, how you nurture talent in ways that maybe he isn't familiar with. Um, and that, that's the, you know, that's the real growth trajectory. That's the way you should start off 2018 by saying, yeah, I could go do the easy thing. I could go back to the place where they love me and they roll out the red carpet and put the rose petals on the ground, but am I going to grow from that? Or am I going to grow from digging in and saying, you know what, you're not my favorite person in the world, but I think we could teach each other some things. And I think that, that journey of losing my father and losing all those things and having to rebuild everything from the beginning again, um... Access to had you taken the wider path. I mean, I went from sleeping in a sleeping bag on the back seat of this beater with illegal paper tags that I had made at the library um, to making almost half a million dollars a year. and being able to say, "You know what, kids I think we'll go to Dubai for midwinter recess and not really flinching at that much at all. And it's not to say that, you know, those material things are the mark of success by any means. Um, but, you know, those things do provide you access. They do provide you options. Um, and options and access are things I've always wanted. So, the trajectory that I'm on now for the future that I have in mind, for the vision that I've been given and the divine plan that's been revealed to me is going to require doing the ego less thing and and doing the thing that's going to force me to, um, you know, exercise muscles that I haven't before. And so I've seen that process work and I would not recommend to anyone that they lose their father and they go through all of the things that I recounted to you. I'm not recommending that as, you know, the way to kind of get to the life that, that you want. But having been dealt that hand, um, you know, another thing he used to say was always play the hand you were dealt. Like it was the one you wanted. So having been dealt that hand, I I think I, I played that pretty well. Um, and so I'm going to make some smarter decisions now. Like a lot of those things that happened in that time after losing him, um, you know, I had a part in those things as well. I made decisions that probably weren't the most thought out decisions. Um, so I took those notes down and I'm making better decisions now. And I'm slowing down and thinking about things more. And so there are jewels all throughout. That process all throughout those two years, um, there are jewels that now I have in my pocket that I can use to get me through the next passage, um, and it's te- it's pretty terrifying. I was telling my sister today. I'm I'm pretty scared. I'm pretty scared. Um, but again, you know, what's the alternative to be? warm and safe and cozy and you know doing just enough uh, that's not really that's not really what i want to do so there are people in my life that connected together kind of like voltron that connected together form the backbone And I have taken some with me, and I have had to leave others behind. Um, A friend said to me last year, I was crying because I was missing my dad. I think it was around my birthday. My dad would always call me on my birthday morning. And he would say, when you were born, you changed my life, and God knew I needed you. It was the same message every year. And this year, you know, I was feeling it for some reason. And I said, you know, I don't know what to do. I I don't know what the right decisions are. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to be the right parent for my kids. I don't. And my friends and I said something like, you know, my dad would know my dad would know what to do. And my friend said, but he is in you and he gave you all of the things that you came to rely on him for. He gave those things to you. So essentially, you know, you must become your own backbone because you are that for other people, you know, not only do I have three teenagers, um, but I have other people in my life who in one way or another, rely on me for things, Um, you know, emotional things. And I don't always, you know, in my nature, I don't always take stock of those things. I'm definitely, uh, you know, a lone wolf by default. And I will, I will just, you know, cut and go. Um, And so in, in kind of thinking about that and saying that, you know, I, I have become my own backbone. I've had to become my own backbone. um, That I think is another one of those side effects of, you know, having the foundation taken out from under you and having to rebuild that. And and what is the cornerstone that goes in that foundation? It is that, it is that, and and not in again, not in a, an egotistic, you know, kind of self-reliant way, because we need each other. Everybody needs each other. Um, We don't survive alone, but in, in a kind of, in a way such that when I get to those moments of despair, because I still do have those belly in the whale moments when I get to those places I have that wellspring that I can say you are more than this situation you are more than this situation so take your time and cry and grieve and kick yourself and be sad and do whatever you gotta do and then you need to go wash your face and get your shit together and you know that's not something I think that comes any other way other than having the most devastating loss in your life happen and coming out of that thing on the other side
0: lesson from your dad was never let him see you sweat but you're about to put yourself in uncomfortable circumstances to create stress and tension and uh, not necessarily a tightrope but you know you're putting yourself on a wire. Yes. So wh- yes. where's where's <laughs> where's the release? Where's the where's the uh, counterbalance to this? Um,
1: the, that's a great question. Wow, that's a great question. Um, so the counterbalance is creating places where I can just do fun things. I think when we spoke last time, I focused a lot on doing what makes you feel good and how you know finding those spaces creates the energy that you can tap into when you know you're you're in front of a a boardroom and no one there agrees with your position um you know creating those spaces outside of that activity where you can just indulge yourself you know um so i'm doing that i i've started a supper club um and i've contacted some chefs from the New York area I had them in my kitchen cooking the other day Um, the guy who actually won the Food Network Grand Champion um, prize from the show Chopped was cooking in my kitchen which was amazing Um, so you know finding outlets like that where I can just forget about the tightrope for a little bit that definitely um, has been critical to being able to then on monday morning you know suit up and put your armor on and and go into the arena so to speak so just doing more of those things i'm not practicing yoga as much as i really need to be or want to be so that's another thing that i think i'm gonna try to carve out some more space for but doing those low impact things those things that fill you up right you can't pour from an from an empty cup you know they tell parents that all the time um And I think it extends to people without children as well. You know, you can't give your career what you don't have inside. And if you're running on feet all the time because, you know, you're in high-stress situations, you're not really going to be able to keep your composure when someone asks you a question you don't know the answer to in a meeting that you're directing, right? So, yeah, that balance, I think, is really, really key. You can't
0: pour from an empty cup that's the lesson of this episode take from that what you will then give to the by chance podcast by giving a rating or recommending to a friend or subscribing to be one of the first to listen when a new episode drops in closing I'm gonna leave you with one more thing in life the only safe thing you can do is take a chance see you all next time